Before we get started, Dead and Married would like to thank those very close to our Dead Black Hearts, our patrons. Thank you to William Rush, Karima Rhodes, my best friend and fellow Tom Atkins lover, Gary Horton, Carissa. Jonathan says thank you. Dr. Sexy himself, Kent Morton. Oh yeah. Kate Lamp, Travis's cowgirl, Lala Thomas. Hey girl. And last but certainly not least, our friends over at the Podmortem Podcast. You can also check out their very own show every Monday on all major platforms. And now, on with the show. Warning, the following show features spoilers and opinions performed either by professionals or under the supervision of professionals. Accordingly, Dead and Married and the producers must insist that no one attempt to recreate or reenact any opinion or fuckery performed on this show. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Dead and Married. I'm Travis. And I'm Ashley. And this week we're covering, I guess it's one of our listeners' favorites? One of Lala's favorites? Uh Uh-huh. And she actually suggested this. Uh, film for us and so when it was my turn to pick I said let's do that one actually I don't think it was a suggestion I think I just said hey no this is one of her favorites okay well either way (laughs) it was my turn to pick so I picked this one yeah um we're doing the Toxic Avenger yeah so yay it came out in 1984 it's rated R is this a yay for you huh (laughs) is this a yay for you you're like yay yeah (laughs) that's just um not it's not what I expected you to go with (laughs) yeah it's interestingly rated. So it's 42% on Metacritic. Uh-huh. And it's a 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh-huh. But it's 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Which, that's so much higher than I it's thought it would be. still above average, yeah. I, I really expected it to be about half that. Yeah. Well, that's because this is considered to be a cult classic. It, uh, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I just had to get through explaining to our daughter what a cult classic was. I don't think she still wrapped her brain around the idea of a cult classic. Oh, no, she got it. She just told me that she would not include Halloween 3 in that. And I wanted to ground her so hard. (laughs) (laughs) But this movie was directed by Michael Hertz and Lloyd Kaufman. And it's a trauma production. Mm -hmm. This is our first trauma. This is our first trauma. Yeah. Oh... It's not the first trauma film I've seen, but it's, uh, <laughs> I feel like, uh, I feel like you have to be of a certain, I don't know, you have to have certain tastes, I guess, to appreciate trauma films, because they're definitely not for everybody. <laughs> and after watching this again, I remembered, well, I don't know, it's hard to explain. I just, I was just thinking to myself, this is not a movie anybody could get away with making today. Oh, absolutely not. I'm not sure if Troma is still going strong or not. I don't, I don't know of anything recent they've put out, except for maybe Poultrygeist, and I'm not sure how old that is, but I'm like, yeah, no, these, this movie couldn't come out now. <laughs> People would get in so much trouble. <laughs> <laughs> no, there were, and we've talked about it on the show before, that there were things that people said and did in the 80s that now you would be like, oh, no, yeah, that's a problem. You but... can't really do that. They did shit in this movie that even in the 80s they would have been, uh, yeah, maybe what, you shouldn't say that. That's what I was going to say. You know, we, we talk about words or slurs or uh, frames of mind being of its time, and then this one's like, they turned that one up to 11. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, we are purposely setting out to offend here. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if, if uh, I should respect Lloyd Kaufman because it just really seems like some maverick-ass filmmaking there, you know, but at the same time, it's like, oh, 
when is when is too much too much? Well, this was very much a, it's my movie. I'll do what I want. Yeah. <laughs> and he did. Oh lord. So um So do you remember the first time you saw this movie? Um it was it's funny because I don't think I saw it until just within the last few years for the first time. But I do have memories of it being on when I was a kid. I just didn't watch it. And I feel like this is the perfect episode to to say something <laughs> like I'm about to say. But I was a kid, so I feel like I can defend myself here. I remember being a little kid and seeing Toxie and thinking that that's the same guy from The Hills Have Eyes. <laughs> oh. Oh. I was a little kid, though. Like, little. And I remember thinking that that was Michael Berryman. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I've seen that his face on that box before. <laughs> and then, and then still as a kid thinking that Dennis Hopper's character in Waterworld was, oh, that's the guy who's the toxic adventure. <laughs> yeah, that's an honest mistake, I think, in that in that sense. Oh, I felt so bad about it when I realized, like, you know, after the fact that Michael Berryman has a, has an awful condition that he was born with, and this person, and th those aren't, that's not makeup on him, that's how he really looks, and... <laughs> Jesus Christ, I feel like I just keep digging my hole deeper here. All right, I'm going to take your shovel away. I so was, I remember the first time. I was time. a kid, though. I was a kid. And um, I vaguely remember what was the there being a cartoon, the Toxic... Toxic Crusaders. Crusaders, think, yeah, 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 that's it. I, I kind of vaguely remember seeing that. So that's why I guess I kind of have this Mandela effect thing of for the longest time thinking that uh, Toxie was green. Yeah, I can see that. I think uh, I think I may have watched that cartoon a couple yeah, of times. Yeah, I think I might have also. It, it's not one I remember a lot, like G.I. Joe, because that was my like in my regular rotation. But I think I remember watching it. Oh, anyway, um, knee-jerk reactions first kind of first reactions to well, this? Well, I, I, the first time I watched it was, oh man, I think I talked about this before. I got a really nasty sunburn one year. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You did. You And I saw it on like TNT or something like that. Yeah. But then I did not realize how heavily edited that was uh -huh. until we watched it now. Yeah. That movie must have only had like a 30 minute runtime <laughs> if it was on broadcast television. Right. Because they would have had to cut out so much stuff. Uh huh. Um, and there would have had to been so many bleeps and edits or dubs or whatever uh, just to make it through the dialogue uh -huh. in this film. Because every slur, derogatory thing that you can think about saying to someone, they say it in this yes. film. Yes. Um, we actually had the question in the last Pillow Talk. You know, what are some movies that you were watching and you had a what the fuck am I watching moment? This is one. This is definitely one. Not yeah. necessarily in a bad way specifically, but. I think just several things happened where you and I would just look at each other like, what the fuck? Like in the very first <laughs> sequence um, in the health club when they're sitting in the hot tub and Bozo's like, they're stressing me. They're stressing me. And I'm like, what the fuck am I watching right now? <laughs> What's wrong with that guy? Is that meth? Is that what that is? <laughs> Is he all, is he I all think coked he was out? On juice. Yeah, is he all coked out? Is he a roid monster? Yeah. I, like, I don't, I don't know. But yeah, that was kind of it. I'm like, okay, so I know what kind of ride I'm in for now. Oh my lord. Sort of. 
It was like, I remember watching it a couple of years ago, more or less for the first time, and just laughing my entire ass off and thinking, like I said last week, where's this movie been my whole life? And then watching it again this week and going, oh my god, like I couldn't remember because because Aiden, we'd called Aiden in there and asked if he wanted to watch it because Aiden likes horror comedies. And he was like, well, is there anything in it, you know, that I'm not supposed to see or whatever? And I was like, I think there's some boobs here or there, but nothing serious. Cut to fucking masturbation scene. And I'm like, I'm the worst mom ever. And he's looking at me like, mom, what the hell? <laughs> That's the only scene where they finally decided to get their audio right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> like so it's not even something like you have to close your eyes and plug your ears because she was going for it <laughs> i felt oh man i felt so bad i was like oh this was not the movie for him to be in here <laughs> no but, no. I, but seriously i only thought there was like a, a few boobs and that was it so we watched all of these do you remember that yes like I do. it's been a few years ago i yeah. think but we sat and watched all of them we were like i you know what i think i've seen them i don't really remember them let's just watch them all uh-huh because you could rent them for like 99 cents on voodoo or something like that yeah and, and we watched them all and i yeah i think we just ate popcorn and laughed and killed an afternoon and oh no yeah. it's it's you know they, oh they're funny and we watched it this time and i'm like god damn what movie did i watch the first time yeah exactly because it was like it was funny and this time i was like holy shit it's not that it wasn't funny this time around it was just i think there's a lot of stuff that I don't know. Like, were we drinking or something when we watched them the first time and I just didn't notice? <laughs> I don't know. I will say, I think, uh, trying to not, not sound like I'm about to get on a soapbox here, I think uh, because things have gotten a little bit more tense with what's offensive and what's not, even just in the last few years, it has gotten worse. So I think it's possible that we're just like... Not saying that we never knew these things were bad. We did, obviously. But it's just so much more heightened now where you're like, oh my god, you, oh my god, you know? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of offensive material in this. <laughs> so if you've never watched it and you listen to this and you're like, hey, I'm going to go check that out. Um, probably should leave your feelings at the door or just prepare yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Um, because they gave not one fuck when they made this movie and they say and show everything. If you love children, if you love dogs, nothing, if, no one's safe. Old ladies are not safe. Yeah. If you love old ladies, <laughs> I don't know if I would have worded it exactly like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? But if you have yeah. a particular soft spot for the elderly, <laughs> right? <sighs> so no one's safe. Cast and crew. I'm just going to go through this one time because none of these people were in any other movies outside of right. trauma that I can that I can think of. Mm -hmm. And I kind of cruised through all the cast and crew to be like, hey, you know, oh, look, it was this guy. He must have got his start here. No, there's no one here that stands out. Right. Um, at any rate. So, I, again, directed by Michael Hertz and uh, Lloyd Kaufman, written by Lloyd Kaufman, Joe Ritter, Gay Paring Partington, Partington, Terry, Gay Partington, Terry. Sorry. It's I, I can't word. <sighs> Starring Andrew Miranda as Sarah. Now, that's funny. Her name's Sarah in this one. And in part two, not only did they recast her, they changed her name. Okay. So in part two, it's a different actress and her name's Claire. Okay. But it's supposed to be the same girlfriend. Okay. I don't know. D does that really surprise I'm you? I'm not. Yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> Mitch Cohen plays the Toxic Avenger. Jennifer Baptist is Wanda. Cindy Mannion. Mannion? Mannion? Whatever. She plays Julie. 
Robert Pritchard plays Slug. Now, interesting thing is that those two, Cindy and Robert Pritchard, actually got married after this movie for a little while. Okay. Gary Schneider plays Bozo. <laughs> that was that was an inter- interesting choice. Uh, Pat Ryan plays Mayor Pete Belgoody. Now, apparently Pat Ryan, uh, he's in a lot of trauma movies. Okay. I've seen that guy before. I don't know I where like I've seen him. I felt like he looked familiar. But I've seen him before. Mark Torgel plays Melvin Junko. That is Toxie's human uh, form. Dick Martinson is Officer O. Clancy. And that's that's pretty much it. There's yeah. a few other characters in here. But some of these folks, they did this movie and then did nothing else. Right. So. Well, I think that's because uh, Kaufman just kind of liked to get <clears throat> locals and extras. That, yeah, he would. I think thing. he would literally just hire people off the street. Yeah. So moving on to the story. The story goes like this. Poor little Melvin Junko is a custodian, janitor, <laughs> yeah, whatever, if you want to be a dick about it, <laughs> at a health club in Troma. And they... they Tromaville. Tromaville. <laughs> and he gets singled out by this group of bullies, basically, Bozo Slug and the, the two ladies. And they pick on him, prank him. He falls into it. Actually, he yeets himself out a window. Yeah, yeah. At one point, just runs. <laughs> and they're chasing him. And after he, well, we'll probably talk about the, the goat scene later, and hurls himself out a window headfirst into a barrel of toxic waste being driven by two guys that are trying to imitate Scarface. <laughs> They've got cocaine all over their faces. And he falls out, turns him into the Toxic Avenger, and he has sort of a sixth sense for <laughs> fighting crime. Um, he can just be walking down the street and point someone out and say, naughty, and right. go get him. Um, and that's basically the rest of the movie is just him hunting people down. The mayor is at the top of the, the food chain in terms of the criminal organization. So mm-hmm. as Toxie works his way through all the criminals, um, getting closer and closer to the mayor, then the mayor eventually puts a hit out on him and calls in the National Guard. But he's also simultaneously getting back at his bullies. Yes. But they, to be fair, they were evil. Um, they were. Because Bozo and his crew, they had like a whole point system set up for running down various pedestrians. Mm-hmm. We'll just word it that way. Um, with different types of pedestrians being assigned different point values. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's as far down that hole as I can go. <laughs> I can't. Um, not going to elaborate on that. But... Yeah, I feel like we have to, but we can we we can be gentle about it. So um, you get different points based on ethnicity, race, age group, race. Yeah, whether or not you are on a bicycle or or not. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, they've got a whole system worked out. But anyway, at some point during his adventure, uh, Toxie finds love in the form of Sarah, who is a blind girl who gets assaulted uh, while these guys are rubbing a. It's called Taco. the Mexican place. <laughs> So, okay, it's called, that's what they call the restaurant, the Mexican place. I don't even know what to, like, they couldn't come up with a name, like, just any, any name. Okay, 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 I'm half Mexican, I can say this. How many people have you ever heard say, let's go to the Mexican place? Maybe that's it. Maybe that's the thing that bugs me, is that that's the whitest thing you can say. I've heard my mother say that. Yes, we have. Because we used to live in a tiny little town that only had like three restaurants. You could get a hamburger, you could get chicken, or you could get Mexican food. And I swear to God, I've heard my mother say, let's go to the Mexican place. But she never said, let's go to the hamburger place or let's go to the chicken place. She'd say, do you want to go to Dairy Queen? Do you want to go to Golden Chick? Or do you want to go to the Mexican place? Yes. 
not La Esmeralda or whatever yeah. it was called. Yeah. Like here, when we want Mexican food, we say, let's go to Los Naris. We don't say, let's go to the Mexican place. <laughs> yes, that is true. We call it by name. But anyway, in this movie, the name of it is The Mexican Place. <laughs> and they have sombreros and samurai swords hanging on the wall in there. <laughs> Which is an interesting choice. And they have, not only do they have Mexican food. Okay, they have tacos. They make tacos. Not really Mexican food. But they also have milkshakes and pizza. And a pizza oven. No, no, no. You never see an actual pizza. (laughs) That's true. That's true. They just have a pizza oven in there. Why do you need a pizza oven in a taco place? I don't know. Ask Taco Bell. They make Mexican pizza. (laughs) Extra crispy tacos? Maybe? I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, so they meet there and romance ensues. I guess that's... A, <laughs> Travis that, can't talk. He can't, can't talk today. Well, I'm waiting for you to take over and help me out here because some <laughs> of this stuff, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, so they have this romance and then, of course, she she sticks with him through thick and thin. Yeah. And uh, even after she let, or he lets her touch his face and she kind of gets an idea of what he looks like. She's like telling him he's beautiful. Uh-huh. Like, you know that one eyeball is about four inches lower than the other one. But to her, that's beautiful. So... Well, she did squeeze something else. Maybe that's what she was impressed. Well, with. she read one palm and then she read his taint, and because <laughs> she was she was kind of getting up in there. But yeah, she had to feel his package. Oh she never got God. to the other hand. I need you to stop talking. Well, you're the one putting me on the spot here. She does. She just gropes the hell out of him there. And the thing is, is that she goes at it for a while before she figures out what she's got her hand on. I know. And the the sounds that he was making never clued her in. Well, he's all, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so did I miss anything in the story or do you want me to just keep going and making this more weird? <laughs> Good. Um, I'm just going to keep swimming <laughs> unless you stop me. How how do you feel about the story? What do you think about it? Oh, my God. Like, I just said it out loud, and I still don't know what to think about that story. It's like it. You know what? It's just Spider-Man. That's all it is. It's Spider-Man. How? Well, he doesn't get bit by a spider. He gets knocked into toxic waste. And then he discovers his powers in a bathtub. And he wakes up and he's like, oh, I'm flexing. And then he goes out on his own without being recruited by the police or anyone and starts fighting crime. And he meets a girl. Yeah. Isn't and then that he every gets superhero? And then he though, gets labeled. specifically Spider-Man? And then J. Jonah Jameson says he's public enemy number one and that he's a menace. Oh, my gosh. So that's all this is. It's Spider-Man, but with the Toxic Avenger okay. instead. But how do you feel about it? Was what? I asked. <laughs> I feel like it's not a bad story because, like you just pointed out, most superhero origin stories go just like that. Mm-hmm. A thing happens. We're discovering powers. There's a love interest. We fight crime. Right. Right. That's that's how ninety percent of them go. I think this one though, there's so much other weird, random shit going on. Like cigar face and knuckles and nipples. Those are the names of his two cronies beating up a cop and just being strange. And I don't. Sometimes there's too much going on. It's like the story gets lost in all the chaos. Does that make sense? Uh Uh-huh. Like there's just so much weird random shit. It's so goofy. Um, It's like if you went to a circus and there wasn't, and like they put everything in the big top. So there's just so much shit going on all at the same time. You don't really get to see the main event. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Mm -hmm. Um, It's not bad. It's not a bad story. I just feel like they they do what I'm doing right now and they kind of wander off from the main (laughs) topic a little bit. You should take over now. How often do you get mad at me and Aiden for that? Listen, I'm struggling right now. Okay. We watched this movie like four times to get ready for this record. And if you ask me to sit down and articulate the entire movie, I still don't know if I can. (laughs) 
Like, I can't manage the order of operations for this. Yeah, because we had watched it twice at one point. And I went to you and I was like, so what's the plot again? Because I'm not sure that there is one. (laughs) Like, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't feel like there's really a story. It... A lot of it feels just like a hodgepodge of random events that happen because, like I said, on one hand, he's just fighting random crime that pops up. And then on the other hand, he's on this mission of vengeance for what was done to him. And none of those things are both happening, happening simultaneously. It feels like you're watching two different movies sometimes. And then there's just the wildest, most random shit thrown in there. It just... It, it feels like an acid trip of a movie sometimes where you're just like, because I was trying to, okay, I was like, okay, let me see if I have the story straight in my head. So I was trying to tell it to Travis start to finish. And I'm like, did I get everything? And then he was like, well, what about this? And I'm like, oh, right. I forgot about that. And then when we went back and watched it for the fourth time, I was like, oh, shit, I forgot that that happened because there's just so much that you kind of forget what the hell's going on at times. It's almost like somebody took a whole bunch of like drugs, like five minute shorts, <laughs> right? Like five minute short films that are all loosely connected and maybe have one character that's consistent throughout them all and then just stuck them all together. Yeah. So they are loosely all related to one another, but they're all, it's like all these different little mini stories that are all just chained together to make a film. Almost. It's, it's, it's weird. And his quest for vengeance seems to be coincidental more than anything else. Cause how many bad yes. guys does he stomp the shit out of before he even goes and gets that first person? I couldn't tell you. Cause it, he gets masturbating girl first, right? Like he actively went after her because she was, cause he burns her ass on the rocks in the sun. Right. Right. Listen, so he, hot ass. Yeah. Which, man, having your ass put down on, like, bare ass on those hot rocks, that would hurt so bad. (laughs) Anyway, um, like, he actively went after her, and somehow he went after her, like, putting the the ghost, the blanket over himself. Uh Uh-huh. Like, which was just a Halloween throwback, I guess. Well, no, it was... Well, I mean, I know the boyfriend did it first. It was, um, hopefully I can say this without being offensive... He was mimicking the Elephant Man, which was basically him mimicking Melvin in a very offensive way. No, but what I'm saying is when Toxie gets her, he comes in with the blanket over his head. Prior to that, the boyfriend had come over mimicking the Elephant Man with the thing over his head coming in. Yeah. But they did the ghost thing in Halloween. So, But I've never seen the Elephant Man, so... Exactly. Is that a thing from the Elephant Man? Is that what it is? Yes. Okay. (laughs) I've never seen that movie, so I don't know. Well, then don't talk about it. Oh. (laughs) Don't don't, talk about things you don't understand. Well, I I don't understand this movie, so do you want to take over? (laughs) At any rate, so he actively seeks her out, right? I I wouldn't say that. I I don't know that at any point he's like, she's got to be the first one or anything Well, no, but I mean, she's the first one to die. And he went after her purposefully in the health club. Coincidentally, I guess he had a blanket over himself, mimicking her boyfriend from earlier. I don't know, but... There's just so much shit in between. It's like if it was a quest for vengeance, wouldn't he have just knocked all four of them off first? Exactly. I, it just doesn't make sense. And then like or he, started with the criminals and worked his way up to the tormentors. Right. And something maybe like maybe that. they're like last or something. Right. Which they were kind of last. I don't know. And then you get to a point where he's taking out people and you're like, well, what did they do? <laughs> you would find well, out after the fact that they did something bad, but... 
<laughs> there's a very yeah i can't repeat the line from the scene that it's probably notorious for but he takes out this um she's a little person oh i was gonna say elderly lady <laughs> oh oh that a, one yeah at a dry cleaning place <laughs> And my first thought was, why? Because, I mean, she, innocently enough, she was in there just to get the jizz stains out of her son's pants. And, and she was acting like she didn't know what those were. Right. <laughs> I was like, why did he just kill her? And, you know, the next scene we see is him going to Sarah saying, I'm out of control or whatever. So you, I looked at Travis and I was like, did I miss something? Like, did it? Did I miss a scene? You know, because it, it didn't make any sense for him to just kill a seemingly Swedish old lady, you know? He put her in a washer and then he ironed her. Yeah. <laughs> like in one of those big, like ironing board sized irons. A press. Yeah. Yeah, it was a press. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah, it's like that because the editing, I'm not sure that there is any editing, if I'm being honest. It seems like it's just a bunch of reels kind of chopped together, I guess. It like, looks like I edited it. That's what it looks like. <laughs> there, There's like some scenes where they'll transition from one scene to another, like kind of Star Wars or porn style. And then there's other scenes where they don't cut from, there's no transition at all. It just goes one scene, cut. And sometimes you lose the audio between or you were going to go into or a new part of the score was going to start and then it cuts to a different score. It's just it's it's so bizarre. Yeah, like you get three notes from a totally unrelated song in a totally unrelated scene that happened between scenes. It Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, you get like just a bloop bloop of a song and then it, yeah, there we go. But um, I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that Troma did like comedy porn before they did this. Uh-huh. Um, so that would explain why editing and transitions not all that important. Could be. I'm just, I was just trying to figure out, was this purposely done or is it really that low budget that that it's just like that because you get some people who make films now where they do that on purpose and that's the point it's meant to look funny and low budget and this one I'm like I can't understand if this is genius or you know because the visuals are bad in a lot of places where the lighting may be normal in one scene and then it, in the very next cut it's <laughs> the lighting's awful it's, oh my gosh, it's so hard to explain unless you've seen it. Well, there's one scene where after Officer O'Clancy gets assaulted by Cigar Face and his goons and Toxie saves him. And he's like getting his medical treatment during a press conference or something. But I even said it when it pops on screen. I'm like, God damn, that's way overexposed. Mm -hmm. And it's like they were filming and they left a window open on a really sunny day. Yeah. And then at some point they said, cut, 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 close the blinds. And then they just kept going. Like they didn't reshoot anything that came before. They were like, fuck it, we're going. <laughs> and they just continued. So there's like a lighting change mid-scene. And you're like, I don't know what happened. Right. So. And I don't know if, if nobody's just ever made the choice to not try to remaster this film because it looks like shit <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> it looks like... Oh my gosh, my uh, my grandfather used to have like these old um, martial arts movies, you know, where you had 15 guys claiming to be some variation of Bruce Lee, whether it was spelled differently with a couple of letters. But it reminded me of those old kung fu movies, <laughs> you know, like the ones you see in Tarantino films and stuff. <laughs> 
reminded me so much of that stuff, like the old exploitation films. Yeah, and all the way down to the dubs, because Toxie, so they had someone doing voiceover for Toxie when you can't see his face, but then there's a, but I think there was more than one person doing the voice. It seems like there was. Because you get two different sounds, and then when you see Toxie actually speaking, like when they show his face and he's speaking, he sounds like a third voice. Uh Uh-huh. So... I don't know. I don't know what that choice was. Yeah. Like, why didn't they just have one person voice it the whole time? Yeah, and I'm not sure that there wasn't just one. Ver- I mean, if you look in the the uh, if you look on IMDb, there's only one person credited as doing his voice. But I don't know if it's just the way certain lines were read. I was like, that doesn't sound like the person that was talking before, and I won't state specifically why, but. Let's just say the delivery of some of his lines, he didn't sound like he did in other scenes. So, Well, the thing is, for me is that like he'll say a line, pause, someone else says something, and then a completely different person speaks, but it's still Toxie. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Like you get this guy read this line, and then this next guy read the immediate line after that. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why they did that. Yeah, but it's sure. confusing. And, and and again, maybe it's just me, but <laughs> and this feels like somebody had an idea of this is what we're gonna do, but then they weren't sure how to flesh that out into a more coherent story because. Some scenes drag on for so long, like um, oh, the blonde girl that he who's one of his tormentors he's trying to get back at her or trying to kill her and her chase scene went on for so long it was like it was like uh sir gal not sir galahad it was like lancelot trudging the field to get to <laughs> get to the princess where it just felt like she was just running and running and running and yeah, running and, and for those of you who haven't seen monty python and the holy grail imagine the scene where austin powers is trying to run over michael mcdonald michael mcdonald with the steamroller uh-huh where He's coming and uh, and it takes fifteen minutes. Yeah, the only what made this one painful was her screaming. Oh my god! Like if they were gonna dub anything in this movie, they should have dubbed her screaming. She's not a scream queen. She would never be a scream queen because it sounded like some kind of livestock was getting tortured when she screamed. Um, I it, it sounded like Stewart's mom. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just it like. Was, it was so bad. <laughs> I told Travis, I was like, that really sounds like when I'm vomiting. <laughs> yeah, somebody's calling some dinosaurs. <laughs> Actually, more accurately, I had forgotten to bring it up when we were doing Return of the Living Dead. Now, when Frank was vomiting, <laughs> it was like, it was like screaming and vomiting. That is what I sound like. Like, it's very violent. <laughs> but. And the look on her face in that scene. <laughs> But there would be scenes where you could hear screaming, but her mouth wouldn't be screaming. <laughs> like, her mouth would only be slightly open, and I'm like, it's making screaming sounds, but she's not screaming. Yeah. So back to old old martial arts movies, it's just the dubbing is awful. I don't know. I don't, you know what? I can't. I can't. Watch an old Godzilla movie. Like an old black and white Godzilla movie that's been dubbed to English because there's that like, (coughs) I want you to wait until someone says, look, it's Godzilla. And then you'll know what we're talking about (laughs) Um, because those dubs were pretty awful back then. Like they, I don't know. I don't know what was going on in this movie. 
it's not it's not even just her screaming. I feel like there was an issue with how every single person who screamed in this movie screamed, starting with Bozo at the beginning of the film. He everybody was making fucking pterodactyl sounds. Every time they screamed, it was this awful screeching sound. And I'm just not sure what that was. There was a lot of sound design stuff on here where I'm just like, again, did they do this on purpose? Or, <laughs> or they, did they tell the actors, okay, we're trying to make the worst film possible. So don't really scream the way you would scream. You have to do the most awful version that you can think of. Yeah. I feel like we've pretty much exhausted story. Um, and we've kind of moved on to acting. So let's just talk about that. Cause what you're talking about here kind of gets into the acting territory. Okay. Just continue, but add acting in there to your audio. <laughs> oh, okay. You're like, change the subject. Yeah. But start talking about it. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> I because, don't have anything I have to because add. Because we, we've kind of veered off into the acting territory. I know, but I was like, do you have something to add? No, you keep talking. I'm just interrupting you. No, no, no. You. <laughs> I am just interrupting you. No, but Bozo Scream goes right along with Bozo's acting. And and to your point, I don't think they said we're going to make the worst film ever. I think they these these actors and actresses had to have been instructed to make the most over-the-top, insane characters they possibly could. They like, are that so That had to be the direction. Or maybe he just said, pretend you've just done a lot of drugs. All the drugs. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Because if that if that was the direction, then everybody did wonderfully. <laughs> But if that's really just how people are acting, then holy God, the performances are awful <laughs> across the board. Yeah, I feel like that has to be intentional. Um, like Bozo's angry roid rage thing. It's it's funny, though. It is. It is. I'm not saying when it's not funny. When he starts teeing off on the, she's stressing me out. She's stressing me out. Ah, you know, <laughs> yeah. or fat. Oh, no. And he starts like lifting super fast. Um, it was entertaining to watch. Yeah. It was funny to watch. Um, the two, the two women they had with them, I, they were over the top, but I didn't, they weren't funny. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. I don't feel like they're over the top necessarily was funny. Uh, Sarah though. Yeah. Uh, Toxie's girlfriend. Hers was funny. Yeah. She, her line delivery, her facial expressions. I feel like her acting was, I'm not going to say good because I can't use that word right now, but <laughs> It was fitting, and her her comedic timing was was okay. You thought she was hot, so you're giving her a pass. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I actually watched this and looked at her acting, and I thought, did Anna Faris study her when she did the first scary movie? Right. Because they hit some similar beats. <laughs> uh, but yeah, all of it was just bonkers. I don't, I don't even know what to say. Like it's again, this is such a hard movie to talk about. And and when I'm actually a little disappointed that more people have not covered this film as review wise. I know that uh, Dead Meat did a podcast episode on it, and I have I have not listened to it. Um, but I'd be really curious to know how they feel about some of the things that were done and said. And it's, I'm like, this is one of those films. I have to know what people think about it because there's not enough people talking about it. And I can't help but think, is it because of the subject matter in a lot of scenes or is it just because this is still not one that people just really watch? I have a feeling that they don't want to try to tiptoe around the stuff that gets said in this film, right. in this film. but we don't care. We're going to tiptoe around <laughs> it anyway. We're going to do the best we can. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, or maybe they just don't think it's popular enough because there's there's some of those out there that they're only going to cover like the classics. Right, right. We're just going to do Friday the 13th and we're going to do Halloween and we're going to do Nightmare on Elm Street and that's all we're going to do. Right. But we don't have any standards. We'll do anything. <laughs> no, it's not about having <laughs> standards, but going back to the beginning of the show, you know, doing shit like Dead Alive and Nightbreed, we were saying we're going to try to cover the lesser praised films and... Because there's a lot of us out there that like, you know, Sleepaway Camp 3, <laughs> you know, like, you keep your hereditary. I'm going to be over here watching the trash, you know. I'm going to be watching all the gross out Peter Jackson or trauma stuff for Basket Case. Well, and God damn it, one of our listeners said they liked this movie, so we're going to cover it. Right. Which, to be fair, we have also um, recently had Hennon Lauder films suggested to us, so that's probably going to happen in the near future, too, for anybody who's interested, so... Yeah. Yeah, I think we're going to have some... We're going to have some interesting stuff coming up. Yeah, for sure. Interesting stuff. Last time I said names of movies, and you got mad, so I'm not going to say names of movies or well, directors or it, anything it, it, like Just that. because we're saying we're covering them in the future doesn't mean we're covering them next week no, or no, anything. No, no, no. But so. like, I, think, I think you've got some Brandon Cronenberg... That you're wanting to talk about in the future? Oh, I don't. I don't know. And, I hadn't. Uh, I, I know I want you to watch them, but I don't know necessarily after, know if we're covering. Them after right we now. watch this, it made me really want to watch Class of Newcom High, and I don't know why I want to watch it. I'm really afraid to watch any more trauma. If I'm being honest, I'm not. <laughs> oh my God, how can it get worse? <laughs> Like, where can they go that we haven't already uh, been? If you've ever seen uh, footage from Tromeo and Juliet, it can get so much worse. Well, I haven't seen that, so... For my understanding is is that as far as these films go, this is the, as tame as it gets. Like oh, wow. It, like, it only gets worse from here, so it's my like, understanding. So it's like J-horror, huh? No, not necessarily. I just mean as far as the not give a fuck yeah. of it. It's pretty pretty rough. It's I'm gonna drag you with me. My understanding. We're going down that rabbit hole together. Oh God, I don't know. <laughs> but you think of like one of the things that I told uh, Aiden. I was like, from what I remember, James Gunn, director of the Guardians franchise and Suicide Squad, he started off at Trauma. So I'm like, wow, that's pretty nuts. <laughs> like, how do you work for that place and then go on to work for Disney? It's just beyond me. <laughs> well, you know, for some of those guys, I think it, it early in their career, it's just a job. Right. You know, they're just trying to get their foot in the door, get a couple things under their belt. And if I do those things well enough, then somebody's going to see it and I'll get to move on to bigger and better things. I mean, think about where Peter Jackson started. I mean, shit. Right, yeah, I know you already brought him up, but I mean, Dead Alive, really? Bad taste. Those were his first couple of movies, and then he went on Lord of the Rings. Right. right. I mean, everybody can't be fucking James Cameron. I don't know what he did first. I don't think it was Titanic, but shit, you know. Right. Everybody doesn't get that, so. And I don't know what Spielberg's first film was, but I mean, like, early in his career, he got to do Jaws and E.T. That's just not a common right. jumping off point, so. Mm -hmm. Which was probably one of his first films, but you get you get my point. You gotta you gotta get get through the low hanging fruit first. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, acting wise, I feel like everything was was just it was kind of all over the board. It was it was uh it was it was Oscar worthy in its trash. <laughs> yeah. Now special effects special effects was you know that was one of the only things that you and I both kind of agreed. That, yes. Like especially the close up effects, the wide shots are a little. Mm, 
But like the bathtub transformation, you pointed out the bladder effects on his arm. Mm -hmm. And um, in the alley fight with Cigar Face and his goons, when he smashes the heads together and you get like some exposed brain there, Mm -hmm. some of the close-up effects on this were pretty damn good. They actually were. I I was not disappointed with the effects because there are certain things being, being realistic that are awful. Like you can tell the guy that gets his arm ripped off. (laughs) It's not, it's not a great effect. Um, but yes, the bladder effects in the bathtub and in the head and stuff, that was actually pretty decent. But this was around the time where bladder effects were really starting to take off. People found that that was not an expensive, um, thing to do. And so you had a lot of films doing that, like Altered States or The Beast Within, where it was just really taken off. Um, and I felt as far as that went, it was actually done pretty well. But there was other stuff that was just so terrible. And for anybody who's an animal lover, there is one part that probably would upset some people. But the scene where the dog gets shot, Sarah's dog, Travis and I couldn't help but laugh our entire asses off. Because for one, it's extremely close up. You don't really see the dog get shot necessarily. It just shows a furry patch with a hole in it. And then in the very next scene, the dog is laying there with some prosthetics over his tummy and he's still breathing. <laughs> they didn't they didn't use a fake dog or, or prop or something. <laughs> they just it's like they said, Okay, good boy, go over here and play dead. And the dog just laid down on the floor and you can still see the dog breathing. And so it's hard to be upset by something when clearly the doggies still just happy (laughs) so yeah so you see the first shot and you get the hit and then there's a flash there of the dog sliding backwards across the floor did you notice that has anybody ever seen a dog that is on a slick surface and you want to take them outside but they don't want to go outside so you're pulling on the leash and they're just kind of sliding (laughs) across the slick floor Uh it looks like they did that with that dog and then just ran the film in reverse as you see the dog like clearly just sort of laying down with its head up sliding backwards yeah (laughs) Yeah, and then the, the dog, he's just playing dead yeah. with some stuff on his tummy. It, it, he probably it was, got a treat after. Yeah, it was funny. And Isabel, who normally would get offended by anything having to do with hurting an animal, even she was giggling because, and before anybody goes, you let your eight-year-old watch Toxic Avenger. No, we did not let her watch it, but she was in the living room to show me something, and she happened to be in there during that scene, and... uh she did like raise an eyebrow when I was like, no, Isabel, it's 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 funny, I promise. And then once we told her and she could see the dog breathing, then even she got a giggle out of it. So I had to explain to her because she also came back in the scene where the old lady gets beat up. And she was like, did they really punch an old lady? And we were like, no. And I was trying to explain to her, like, listen, they make it look like they're going to punch somebody. And then they add the sound effects after the fact to make it sound like they hit her. And she was like, okay. I was like, wow. (laughs) So, um, so some of the effects, not wonderful. Like nipples getting his eyes taken out or gouged out, whatever. Doesn't look great, but there's others that, that look pretty good. So, and as far as Toxie's look overall, it looks great. I mean, I feel like if anybody sees Toxie on something, you know what you're looking at. I feel like he is in the zeitgeist and pop culture enough that you recognize him. So I would say he's gotten to the point of icon status because of his look. And that's a testament to the makeup effects they did on him. So no, no complaints there. No. No, if there was anything they got right in this movie, 
that was it. Mm -hmm. And how many monsters do we have out there running around in tutus? I mean, let's be honest. No, I mean, they did. (laughs) And maybe it was unintentional. I mean, they created sort of a... A lowbrow horror icon. Uh huh. I used the word. Uh, you did use the word. And I don't know, he stuck around. And it's, it's he's he's almost as recognizable as Freddy Krueger. I mean, you see him and you go, I know who that is. Uh huh. So even if you've never seen the film, yeah, I mean, you, you know who it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, our kids probably wouldn't have known beforehand, but I no, mean, I mean, it, anybody who was around in the eighties, yeah. pop culture wise, yeah, everybody knows who he is. Yeah. So I don't know. Good on them, I guess. <laughs> Score. Let's talk about some music. <laughs> um, they made some interesting choices. They did. Um, and it sounds like, I think you said sticks. There's a there's a love song, Toxie and Sarah's love song. I don't know what it's called, but it sounds like it like sticks to sing it. I know that they're not, obviously. No. But it sounds like, actually what it sounds like is I Got You, Babe, at the very beginning. And then when the guy starts singing it, it sounds like the guy from Sticks. But uh, no, I'll probably be singing the gym song, Body Talk or whatever, however it goes. I'll probably be singing that for the next week. So that's fantastic. But no, what cracks me up is that you'll be going along with regular songs or music and then Toxie will show up and it's like this Godzilla theme that plays every time he shows up. <laughs> and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna butcher it by trying to sing it, but it, it cracks me up that every time he enters a scene that theme starts playing. <laughs> Yeah, and I've tried looking that up to see what that song is, and I can't find it. Right, right. The the classical music, the big band music that they're playing. I, I have no idea what it is. It's not credited on their soundtrack, uh-huh. but I love it. Yeah. I think it's awesome. Uh-huh. I don't know why. They don't necessarily play it all at appropriate times, but yeah. Yeah, I would start, I, I got where I was singing it every time he would enter the scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could find the name for it, but. That's the only thing it makes me think of. I, I swear if Godzilla shows up, I've heard that same Thing. Yeah, and the way they shoot it, right? The angles that they get, like you expect Godzilla to show up because a lot of it's from a low angle. Uh-huh. Uh huh. When he when they start playing the music and he comes in and like you just see the see his legs mm-hmm. or his butt. You see a lot of his butt in this. Yeah, yeah. Toxie's pretty caked up. You get you get a lot of <laughs> you get a lot of Toxie butt in this. Uh, he has some junk in the trunk. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like it was used to good effect for the most part. Now, yeah. I don't know. As far as the other music goes, I feel like it was appropriate for the 80s, I guess. It wasn't bad. I don't feel like the music did anything negative to the movie. You're you're giving me that look like, save me, Ashley, save yeah, me. Yeah, I'm drowning. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about the music. So let's move on. So... Loved and hated. Oh my gosh, I swear I'm going to have to redo the board because Travis always gets to loved and hated and then I tell him no before loved and hated now we have to talk about our favorite scene and our favorite Then you need quotes. to update the list. I do need to update the list, that's fair. But you would think at some point you would just remember No, that. because I look at the list and I go, <laughs> all right, that's the next one. How long have we been doing this and you still don't remember all the things we talk about? Two years. <laughs> No, I haven't had the list that long. Anyway, well, then you'd lead off. Why? Why me? Like, you're you're putting me on the spot, too. Okay, then ask me a question. I just did. Repeat it. Oh, my God. You suck at this. I said, what was your favorite scene and what's your favorite quote or kill? We could start throwing kills in there, too. Uh, Favorite scene. That's a tough one, honestly. Pick a scene that I like. It's not that bad. 
I like. Okay, so I really like the cigar face fight scene. I do too. <laughs> I shouldn't like that scene, but I like that scene, especially when he's like got him head down in a barrel, punching him in the taint. Then just like <laughs> so bad. he's just punching him over and over and over. What looks like he's punching him in the butthole. He he's just he's just pounding that ass. <laughs> I think that's going to be my favorite scene. I'm ashamed. I'm so ashamed. Oh, man. Favorite line. I think it's probably going to be from the same one. I'll show you why they call me Cigar Face. Really? Yeah, I think so. I think so. you just can't think of anything. I think you're right. It's like, there's nothing funny about that. No, you have to see it. It's the look on his face when he said it does make it does make it funny. Um, honestly, there's a few other things in there that are funny, but they're not appropriate probably for me to repeat. So I'm going to not, although I do like Bozo, his freakouts, like all of his freakouts when he's like, his face is turning red. He's all cracked out. Uh-huh. She's stressing me. She's ruining my karma. Like he's, he's like tweak from South Park. Uh-huh. Almost, uh, freaking out about the underpants gnomes. So Yeah. Uh, let's see. For me, it's actually going to be the montage between Toxie and Sarah of them setting up their little love nest. That's probably my favorite scene of it because despite everything, they're they're adorable. They're absolutely adorable when they're together. So I love the scene of, of uh, them setting up their little house and him hanging a picture of her dead dog and... <laughs> And their love scene cracks me up. Um, her cooking like five dozen eggs for him. The whole thing is just really adorable. Um, and then, of course, you add the song to that. And as far as my favorite quote goes, I don't think I'm going to get it right. I wish I had it in front of me. But it was basically like, you can't go around dry cleaning little old ladies. <laughs> that cracked me up so bad. Yes, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. It's just not a string of words that you would ever expect to see them all together in a sentence. (laughs) Yeah. They probably shouldn't ever be together in a sentence like that. Uh Uh-huh. As far as favorite kill goes, oh, that's tough. I think my favorite. I think I'm gonna. Sorry. Go ahead. I is. I'm gonna sound shitty. I think I'm gonna sound super, super shitty. I think it's the kid at the beginning of the movie. Oh my god, the bike kid. Really? And here's why. Here's why. It's not necessarily because it looks that great, like effects wise, and it's obviously not because it's a kid. I think it's because it's just so fucking unexpected and out of nowhere because that was the first thing was the kid start, you know, he starts getting on his bike and the mom's like, be careful and everything. And I'm going, oh my God, they're not. They're not going to do this. They're not going to. Holy shit, they did it. (laughs) You know, so I think for me, that was it. It was just the shock of it all. Like, holy fuck, they're going there. (laughs) Yeah, just when you thought that uh, Game of Thrones was the first person or the first showed up off a child. Nope. Right. Trauma, or squish ahead. Trauma beat you to it. <laughs> Favorite kill. I think it's going to be, there's three kills because it's all the same scene. In the Mexican place. Uh-huh. And it's not so much the kills themselves. It's the police uh, going over the evidence right. after the fact. Right. I forget what he said about the guy. He stuck his hands in the fryer. <laughs> um 
But the the other copy's like, I got a strawberry thick shake over here. Yeah. The guy that he made a milkshake. Over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Extra crispy. Yeah. And then uh, the one guy who's standing, and they're all standing around eating tacos around these mutilated bodies. Uh-huh. And one's like, I got a, a combination pizza, fully loaded and hot or something like <laughs> yeah. that. And you see this dude, like, he's halfway stuffed in a pizza oven. Like, it's that whole, it's the whole scene, right? Uh-huh. Like, you have to put it all together. Uh, but yeah, I think that's probably my favorite yeah. right there. And also, it, it, as corny as it is, I also really like the last scene of the film, too, where um, everything's neatly wrapped up. The day is saved. And so they do these this cut back to these little flashbacks of him running throughout the city. And it's like, so if you're ever in trouble, you know, I don't know why. It's corny, but I think it, that it's adorable. And it, it's like, yeah. Yeah. It... it, it you leave the film laughing your entire ass off. Like, so let's let's be really, really real here. This is the most un-PC movie I've ever seen in my life, probably. And it's only my first trauma movie. So they are extremely racist. Some of the most racist lines I've ever heard, not in a Tarantino film. And... <laughs> um, it, again, it's just going back to everyone's a target. There's a lot of Nazi propaganda in there. Um, oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure you get a Sieg Heil in the first 10 minutes of this. Right. Um, and it's from the police chief. Yeah, so I was, I was asking Travis, I was like, so what is Kaufman trying to say here? That he feels like all politicians are Nazis? Is that what's going on so- here? <laughs> So I read an interview and Kaufman apparently has never fully voiced his political views, but uh, one interview he did with Vice, I think, said that he was highly influenced by his socialist grandmother. So um, basically what I gathered from the article was that he really is not a fan of politics Uh or bureaucrats. Um, He's not a fan of the extremely wealthy. He is not a fan of people that are extremely famous. Uh, Yeah, he's a big fan of the working man. Mm-hmm. And the little guy, and that's what he highlights in, in all the movies that he made, or all the trauma movies. Really, was you know they they kind of fight for the little guy, right? Um, and he he bastardizes everyone else. Yeah, if much. you're rich, you're gonna die. If you're a politician, you're gonna die. Like he has no love for any of them, right? So, but it was, I was oh man, I'm like. It's so bad. Oh, oh, I want to talk about one more thing that I just just adored. I don't know who she belonged to. There's this little baby in a couple of scenes. And I don't know if she was maybe one of Kaufman's children or a crew member or uh, one of the cast children. But there's this little bitty baby girl and she's probably like one or two years old, maybe. And she, there's a scene in the ice cream shop where uh, the cop is talking with the guys at the at the Mexican restaurant, basically how they have to save Toxie from getting killed. And this little baby girl sit there and she is just scowling at the camera like she does not want the camera on her whatsoever. So she's there's really pissed off look at her face. And... Um, the cop was saying something about it's up to the mayor to make decisions, right? And he looks over at her, she nods her little head. And then a couple of scenes later where those guys, same guys are deciding that they're going to go to where Toxie and Sarah are camped out and save him from getting killed. And the little baby girl is sitting there with her arm like stretched out over her eyes so that the camera can't see her face. 
And it's just the most adorable thing that I've ever seen. And so every time her scenes would come on, I, I was just like, oh my God, she's so cute. So anyway, <laughs> now we can move on to Loved and Hated. Okay. Okay. So now can we move on to Loved and Hated? Oh, like I've been holding you up. Yeah, kind of. So... What did I love about this movie? I'll just I'll just go first since you don't want to go first. That's tough. I kind of like the over the top acting um, and all the the weird shit that they do. It's entertaining. It's funny even though you, you some parts of it you kind of don't want them to be funny, but you still kind of chuckle anyway. Mm-hmm. As far as hated, oh, man, there's so much problematic content in this. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably going to be it. Like, I feel like they could have still made a good movie without going there. Some of the places they went. Uh-huh. So, how about you? Wow, that was really short. It is short. <laughs> I'm not going to elaborate on the things that I hated, because to elaborate, I would have to say them. <clears throat> ah, let's see. What did I love about it? I feel like what I loved and what I hated are exactly the same thing. So, what I love about it is it's don't give a fuck attitude. What... But what I hate about it is it's don't give a fuck attitude also. (laughs) Because I absolutely adore how random it is. That it's just a series of the weirdest fucking aesthetic choices that you can ever make trying to make a low, low budget film. But at the same time, yeah, I it's like some of the dialogue choices, it's kind of like, ugh, like I get that you're trying to convey that these people are garbage, but at the same time, could that have been done in a way where you weren't saying some of those things, I guess? So yeah, we we know they're garbage without him having to say that stuff, right? So that that that's pretty much it, and it's not <clears throat> before somebody gets their feathers ruffled here. It's not about being woke necessarily, even outside of this climate. And if I had watched this movie, it would have been the same thing. I would have still been like, "Oh my god, did you fucking have to say that?" You know, that's like that's a bit much. But I do still recognize that it, it's a product of its time. And it just makes some of the laughs a little uneasy now. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some uncomfortable laughter in there. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of it. Not some. There's a lot of uncomfortable laughter because you're going, I can't believe they just fucking said that. <laughs> yeah. Or did that, you know. But like I said, that's also one of the things that makes it funny, too, is that they didn't give a shit whatsoever. So it it will be interesting. It would be interesting if a film like that were to get made today, how they would go around it. Or would Kaufman still say, no, we're still making the same fucking movie? I don't know. Does Troma still make movies? I don't know, honestly. I might have to Google that and find out if they're still going. Right. Because it would be interesting to see what they're kicking out now. Right. If they're still making films. Mm -hmm. Like, have they changed with the times or do they still have that fuck them attitude? Right. But at the same time, that kind of gives you a respect for Kaufman, too, that he's just like, I'm not playing by anybody's rules. I'm, you know, like you said, kind of the sticking up for the little guy thing. Yeah. You know, we're not out here making MGM universal type films. You know, we're nothing we ever make is going to uh, win an Oscar, but we're still entertaining people and making people laugh. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah. And I would imagine he's probably still made a lot of money off these, even without an Academy Award. Right. Yeah. Because the people that love these movies love these movies. Yeah, that that's my thing. For every John Carpenter and Wes Craven you have out there, you also have a Lloyd Kaufman and a Charles Band and a Frank Henenlotter out there saying, We're just making these to entertain people and we don't we don't care if we're up there with the elite. So I I can respect that. They become elite by not trying to be. Right. Hmm. I don't know that I would consider them elite. I'm just saying in a within, horse... within their genre. Yeah. Yeah. So final thoughts. If you've never seen this movie before and you have a strong stomach, strong sensibilities, <laughs> I would say if you've never seen it, you have to see it at least at least once to see what the fuss is about. Um so yeah, it's it's a yeah, watch it for sure, watch it. Um, it's a good it's a good time i gotta say watch it too you just yeah you can't can't have your feelings on your sleeve when you do it right um you're gonna have to i don't know (laughs) prepare yourself (laughs) but if you can if you can watch this movie without getting offended it's funny we're getting sick yeah it's well i don't know i don't don't feel like any more that bad well no maybe for for some people for us but yeah if you're just a casual viewer right you know not someone who's seen the human centipede before um but if you're somebody that's kind of just only swam the shallow waters this might be a lot yeah if you're just looking to dip your toes you might want to dip them somewhere else (laughs) (laughs) but if you're uh more experienced then I think it's I think it's worth a watch. Yeah. So marry, fuck, or kill the Toxic Avenger. Uh, I'm not marrying this, but I can't kill it either. It'd be like a once a year booty call. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe every eighteen months. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I'm of the same opinion. This is not one that I'm going to keep in a regular rotation, so I can't marry it. Um, but uh, I would also watch it again, so I can't kill it. Uh, this is, yeah, this is kind of like that guy, you don't really want him to keep hanging around, but you keep the number anyway, because maybe he's a little freaky and you need that in your life from time to time. <laughs> Can you stop talking about me like that? <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a fuck. I'll fuck with it. So just not very often. <laughs> Only when you're really drunk and really desperate. <laughs> Because you know the regrets are coming later. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe I did that. No, I said Again. It's, it's for that once in a while. You're like, who's a freak? <laughs> but maybe you, you don't want them to remember your phone number either. <laughs> right. No, I'll call you. Don't call me. I'll call you. <laughs> so anyway, so next week is my pick as we're heading off in March. And for March, um, we will be handing out a couple of random Easter eggs. Not the entire month, but we'll hand out a couple of random Easter eggs again for um for march but next week is my turn and i have decided i'm going to go with tales from the crypt presents demon knight nice because i fucking love it and we've been talking about tales from the crypt for a little while now i was like damn it i want to talk the movies i got to demon knight's grossly underappreciated it really 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 is billy zane is grossly underappreciated 100 <laughs> percent agree <laughs> so anyway uh, we'll we'll talk about that next week 
But until then, I'm Ashley. I'm Travis. Thank you for listening to Dead and Married. Take care, guys. Bye. What would you do to save the life of a teenage boy? If you subscribe to our Patreon for just 3 to $10 a month, you can get Aiden out of the industrial-sized hamster wheel we use to power our show. <laughs> for that, you'll get access to bonus content and allow me to remove Aiden's handcuffs. He doesn't run worth a shit with them on anyway. Also be sure to show your support on our social media pages. You can find us on Twitter as TravisL80 and SpookyMom83. Thank you for your consideration.